No, it's happening now. It's happening now. That's right, everybody. We are now formally at a year of Criterion wow. movies. And you know what that means. Harold and Maude. That's right, everybody. It is Clarkson and Jim, the longest-running entertainment movie podcast but in independent better ever. We are the Film Thugs. And that's the kind of verbal mess that you can only spit out if you've been doing this for over 300 episodes. The longest-running independent film, media, and entertainment show ever. Barbaric! Barbaric! Let that word resound. I love hill to hill, <laughs> and from mountain to mountain, from valley to valley, across this broad land. Barbaric! Oh, man. So, yeah, the, uh, we're independent. That's all that matters. Yeah, <laughs> that's, what that's what we're trying to say. Yeah, we've been doing this for a while now. Uh, welcome back, everyone. We are now on week 52 of the now Criterion Years with spine number 608, Harold and Maude. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Fantastic. Quote, to quote Clarkson from early in the days of this show, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Harold and Maude. Mm. I don't want to know anybody who doesn't like Harold and Maude. Mm-hmm. Such a good movie. I don't understand anyone who doesn't like it. it it's a good like, one. There's something wrong with you. Really a wonderful movie across the board. Everything about it. Ugh. And it, it's there's a lot that we're going to talk about. This is going to be one of those weird shows where we talk more about the movie than about random other shit. Yeah. Because, why not? Why not? Yeah. We do that from time to time. We do. We do. <laughs> On occasion, it's not just nonsense. Uh, because right now, the world is nonsense. And yeah. uh, Yes, it is. Don't really know what else to say. No. <sighs> no. Got, out of that, got that out of our system uh, pre-show. O- only thing that I will say that I hate is the fact that... Well, I'm glad I don't go to parties, Halloween parties and shit like that anymore. Mm. Because the number of uh, bone... The dude in the red sweater from the debate. Oh, yes. Whatever his name is. Kenneth Bone. Kenneth Bone. The number of Kenneth Bones. The number of Harambe's. The number of uh, nasty women and bad hombres. Oh! I'm topical. Look at me. I'm topical. Did I ever tell you about the only time, like, the, the most offensive Halloween costume I've ever seen that was just the... Is, I've said this many, 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 many times before. Mm. The getting pissy about Halloween costumes. Oh, it's an offensive Halloween costume. Yeah. I'm go- I'm triggered. It's aff- you need to thank the people who wear the horrible, tasteless Halloween costumes because it is a way to save time and know, ah, that's one I oughtn't talk to. Yeah. That's a terrible person I shouldn't speak to. It's great. To. They're doing you a favor. Yes. I remember October 31st, 2001, being at a party at my old roommate Rich's place before I lived there, and there was a guy who came in wearing a, like, uh, it was like he had been wearing a suit, but he took the jacket off, had the tie tied around his head, had fake blood all over him, and was holding an envelope that just said 9-11 victim. Yeah. Just like, oh, wow, you lack personality, and you're doing this to make up for its absence. But wow. allow me to just tell you one thing. Um, it does not make up for the absence of a personality. No. At no. all. Not by a damn sight. No. So, yeah. Just be thankful those assholes exist so that you can look at them and go, don't need to know you. I'm yeah. good on moan here. I'm <laughs> good with 
Ouchia. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, that is my that, that is my so, advice, broadcast advice to everyone. My idea for a Chinese railroad railroad worker is out. Not t- enough time has passed there. <laughs> If it were recent, come on, but that's just that's an American standard. Lail, I've told you the Anthony Jeselnik bit bit about standards and practices for a network where it's like I took the career aptitude test in high school, and it told me that I should either be a stand-up comedian, own a nails, uh, own a laundromat. Wait, was it? I should I should be a stand-up comedian. own a nail salon or stop copying uh, uh, owner or, or stop copying off the Asian kid next to me. And th- they said, it's too offensive. Nail salon's too offensive. Uh, is there anything else I can't say? And they said, laundry service. And so I came back to him, you know, rewrote, I was going to be on network. And I said, what if I said, build a railroad? And they said, that's fine. It tells you that anyone who gets offended. And, and, and the thing is, building a railroad is about a million times more offensive. You would think so. Than that. But yeah, the uh, can't go as a big engine chief. Yeah, well, it's it's one of those things where here's how I look at it with this shit. Uh, first off, if you're wearing a costume on Halloween, good, good for you, mm. good for you. If you're doing a full on costume, that's cool, fine. You can wear whatever you want. Oh, okay. Just be aware that some people will react certain ways to yeah. certain costumes. Yes, they will. And uh, before you go crying to anybody about it, realize you're complaining about what an adult is wearing to a party. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. Uh, that's, that's it. good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, for Halloween, I'm like, honestly, I'm so, I'm a step away from being the just leave a fucking bowl of candy on the front porch, but I don't want to give a bunch of teenager, I don't want to give a single teenager a bowl full of candy. <laughs> just leave a bowl of candy out in the lawn. Yeah. Not even by the door. No, yeah. You don't just, want them ringing the door. No, just no. Well, because that'll fucking disturb the dogs and it'll be a whole thing. Just throw a bunch out on the lawn. Yeah. Just there you go. Find them. Yeah. Find them. It's like a game. It is. It's a terrible it's game. find the Snickerbar. <laughs> you can find it. If you wanted it, you'd find yeah. it. Yeah. Ugh, man. Well, so we have, uh, let's see, what do we talk about here? So Harold and Maude, should we just dive into it? Because sure. it's one of those things where it's like the amount of, uh, the amount of shit going on in the world right now, it, it's, it's not getting better. It's not improving. It's not even changing. It's all the same stupid shit. Wow. I'm trying to find now where the hey find it a pussy things are on this because <laughs> that's my fucking right in a pussy. Nah, oh, that's, that's good. Not it. That's not it. That's not it, Donald. Feel like a motherfucking stuck in this duck. It makes me want to quack. Like, what the fuck is that? Wow. LeBron <laughs> Uh huh. Okay. It's page fourteen. Page fourteen. Holy shit. Pussy, please. Hey, boss. Yeah. Give me the suck. Give me the suck. The suck. Oh, oh. Hey, boss. There you go. Yeah. Can I have a pussy, please? Can I have a pussy, please? Hey, boss. Hey, boss. Hey, boss, I have a cancer. <laughs> okay, now I'm happy. There you go. So, Harold and Maude, Harold and Maude. Hal Ashby, based off a script by Colin Higgins. Weird. Yeah. 
Not the same Colin Higgins who's been on this show, which is a disappointment no, to me. the exact same. It is the same, yes. He wrote this before he was born. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful, wonderful considering that. Uh, it's one of those movies that I think the first time I saw it, I just, I wasn't in the right place. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, there was a guy who all he said was, oh, it's a hilarious movie. Uh, this guy, he like just fakes suicides a bunch. That's what I went to do it thinking is, oh, and, and, no. no realistic idea of what it was. So I watched it and I was like, oh, okay, that's I don't dislike this. It's it's okay. Then like for some reason, years later, I watched it again and was like, oh, okay, no, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> this is this. Yes, this rules in every imaginable way. Uh, that's sort of my journey with it. I saw it first in college and didn't care for it, and then years later fell in love with it. I saw it in um, my senior year of high school. Uh-huh. My theater teacher. In Eagle Pass. In Eagle Pass, yes. yeah. So we were we were uh, lonely souls. Yeah, I would He's imagine. Like, Have you ever seen Harold and Maude? I, like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So we brewed up some postum, and we watched Harold and Maude. Postum, hey. hey. And uh, I'll be damned if he didn't just watch me yeah. watch Harold and Maude. That's what's weird about something like this. When you're invested truly in something that you love, there well, it's actually something you love or something you hate. Yes. Genuinely. If it's something you're like, eh, it's all right. Watching it, you just are, uh. Like when we watched Boondock Saints 2, I watched you, you the did. whole time. You I was did. just like. <laughs> oh, oh, this part's going to be awesome. And just seeing your face slowly just dissolve into, into a different levels of horror as that happens. Supposedly a third one's coming. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, my I, I'm, God. We're going to watch it at some point. Oh, of course. Of but course. fuck. And I still remember 11 years ago going to the uh, the Boondock Saints. There was a theater screening of it that mm. was done as like, oh, it's an anniversary or whatever thing. And uh, I, we, me and VJ and my friend Rachel went. We ended up. We, I got tickets in advance. Rachel did not. We snuck her in. It was fantastic. Nice. It was totally sold out. So we snuck her in. Some poor bastard might have been without a seat, but I don't care. But Troy Duffy was doing an interview about you know beforehand. There was an interview, mm-hmm. and he was saying it's like no, there's another script that I've worked on. It's called The Good King, and it's like a blacker than night at the bottom of the ocean dark comedy, but it. Never came to fruition. He just sort of seems to keep going back to the boondock. Well, right. it's one well, of those things. Good on you if you can find one project I, like that that you're yeah, able yeah. to, sure, you know, feed off of for the rest of your life. But two, just I just about don't two. know, man. Yeah, I don't either. I uh, uh, not harshing on your way of li- uh, way of making a living. Yeah, but uh, didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Did not at all. Not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, as much as apparently that first one has become hot topic material, uh-huh. there was a time when it wasn't. It's yeah. like there was a time when Reservoir Dogs wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was fantastic. Uh-huh. I still like it. Yeah. I'll watch it right now. Mm-hmm. Put it on. Oh, hell yeah. Right now. Put it on. Uh, but the se- the sequel was just it's garbage. It's yeah. garbage. It's weird when you have those movies that you that have become this big deal, and you were into it before. Oh, way before. You're way before. Like I was into Reservoir Dogs. They were they were and my indie band, before, and all you yeah. fuckers started liking them. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like it's oh, fine. Man, now I can't get into. This. <laughs> like I still, I just look at it separated from all of that because as much as I like it, you have follow that Facebook page. 
nothing compared to the rest of the world where apparently there are just sleeve tattoos of boondock saint stuff out there. Yeah, that... I had no idea. I was completely removed from it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got it on VHS, loved it, watched mm-hmm. it a billion times, and then kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Watched yeah. it every once in a while on uh, on St. Patty's. Yeah. Yes, know, but... that is one of the St. Patty's movies. And it just stays there on the yeah. shelf. Yeah. It, uh, take out when you have a lot of liquor around yeah. St. Patrick's Day. Perfect. That's it. Yeah. Uh, my friend Mark, who worked in uh, sandwich shops a whole lot longer than I did, was dealing with younger people. They're like, oh, no, that's terrible. It's just hot topic. Gang. Hot topic? What's he up? reported this to me. I was like an old man on the mountain. What yeah. now? What the fuck are what you are talking about? What are they doing about? with what? Yeah. T-shirts? The fuck? Yeah. Tat- people have what? Yeah, tattoos? Like tattoos and shit. I mean, it's... Someone tattooed Veritas oh, on their fucking hand? If only that. What? If only it was that. No, no, this is uh, into another world of it. Hold on a second, because the Boondock Saints page movie, it has uh, three million follows on Facebook, three million likes, and buried in with all the photos you find, and it isn't even just Veritas Equitas. It is, you know, um, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Yeah, they do conventions and autographs and... People getting, you know, the the prayer tattooed on their backs and Whoa. like having a whole back piece. There are, and of course, the the one time I need it, it isn't just popping up on the uh, on the page. But yeah, there are folks who share shit with it. Of oh yeah, here's my here's my new Boondock Saints back piece or my neck tattoo or wow. my you know whatever. Again, I think the first one is one of those movies that is. Um, Oh, visitor posts. That's where that shit'll be. Oh, there's nothing. <laughs> that the uh, um, it, it's one of those movies that if you just take it as a movie, it's like this is really good. This is a good yeah, movie. But fun. the minute you step beyond that with everything else, it just fucking kills it. It just yeah. destroys it. Um, but yeah, that was that's one of those movies. That a handful that you find in that rare little area, and then it turns out everybody feels that way about it. It's yeah. such an odd thing. It's like Big Trouble in Little China. I spent years thinking it was just like you and me were in this <laughs> yeah. crew, and then no, no everybody, everybody. Everyone. And as I was, I'm hoping that there are other weird things from back in the day that catch on like that, like Rima Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Rima Williams caught on, that would be the best because that movie is. The best. It's, it's great. But no, like, I look at... Boon- Time Rider. Oh, Time Rider shit, yeah. I look at Boondock Saints like Highlander. It's one of those things where it's like, there is a good movie. Yes. And the series, honestly, I, I appreciate the series. I don't love the series, no. but I'm like, no. I, the, the series has some cool shit. It explores it more. But I know why you would make a series out of that. Yeah, stuff exactly. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course you do it. Of course. Yeah. The rest of the movies, however... Uh, what the shit? No. I mean, my God. My God. <laughs> no. Although, because the sequel, uh, uh, the second one, is so bananas. Yeah. It, it, that's fun for that. Yeah, yeah. Just how bananas it is. Uh-huh. And how bananas it was seeing it in the theater. I can imagine. Oh, I can imagine. So I love that movie. Watched it a thousand times. And my friends and I would speculate... Uh, back in high school, what happens? What would happen if they made a sequel? Back in those days, sequels weren't just falling out of the fucking yeah, trees, like yeah. they are now. Especially with something that had been out for so long, right? Like, oh, they're gonna make a sequel? Nah, nah. Can we hear about it? Oh, that makes sense. We all get in the car, and yeah. drive to fucking Beeville to see it. 
Beeville. Was that that place where the road between Beeville and Refugio, there was you you could go twice the speed limit and no one noticed? Uh, there's a couple of different roads like that. Yeah. One to Goliad, one to Beeville. Yeah, I no think one really we knows. went to that mall in Beeville. I think that's where mall. we... Yeah, the mall. Wink. Yeah, we drove 80 miles an hour. We went 40 miles in a half an hour. <coughs> that may yeah. have been Victoria. It might um, have been, yeah, yeah. But Either way. Yeah. We were so excited. Uh, as Me, you, Jake, hell yeah. and Jason. So excited. Mm-hmm. Getting the theater. I remember sitting in the theater. Yeah. I was like, genuinely oh, yeah. electric. Mm-hmm. I was so jazzed about it. Like, oh, oh God, yeah. what are they going to do? What are they going to do? We were all so excited. Oh, my God. Then it starts. I remember the scene that opened up in the opera house. Uh-huh. Wait, wait. What about a shield? What? Uh huh. The Earth. What now? What? Huh? Your mind starts to bend, and then yeah. you're like, "Here's Connor McLeod." Like, okay, yeah, he should be older now. Got it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? Wait, wait a minute. Wait, planet Zeist. What the fuck is happening? What in the here? fuck is going on? I mean, it was so weird. I couldn't feel my feet for a yeah, fucking month. I could imagine. I still, not. still can't feel yeah, the right one. My toe is a little off. Like, what? What? The what? planet? What now? Huh? Michael Ironside, eels, hover discs. <laughs> what? It honestly, what it it genuinely feels like that. W- like what happened with Oceans uh, Oceans Twelve, where they had a heist script and then <laughs> right. said making an Oceans movie, but but literally there's yes, like six yes. characters in it. Yes. We'll have the rest of them in jail the whole time. Well, okay. This genuinely felt like, well, we got this really weird fucking script. We don't know what to do with it. And, okay, kid, we got the, the Highlander. We, we should just tie it into that. <laughs> like, sounds good. I love how every... What do you think, Russell McCauley? Fuck it, let's good. Russell McCauley can be down with it, sure. How even with the extended universe of films and all that shit, it doesn't exist. It's never referenced. You don't it's talk never, about that. You know, it's, I don't know. That's, and something that weird. Mm-hmm. That far afield from yeah. the original materials, uh-huh. there's something fascinating about it. Well, it's weird. It's like when Rob Halford formed Project Two. Like, what? What is this? I mean, we know you're gay, buddy. That's cool. Yeah. But eyeliner and a boa. Here's the thing with industrial. Hi- what never made what? sense with Highlander was you have literally what like 300 years of this guy's life. Why are we only moving forward? Why are we not getting awesome stories from the yeah. past, you know? Well, because we have this whole Zeist and uh, yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. thing to shoehorn then, again, in here. Again, then there was the the Sorcerer was what it was originally called. I remember being in the theater oh, when the yeah. ad for the third one came out, and all oh, this Mario Van Peebles. Peebles. I was like, what the, f- what is this? <laughs> and then they made Endgame. Yeah. And then oh. there was uh, the Final Dimension. Yeah. Where uh, that guy who was the priest shows up, and then there was another one, the source. Oh, there's so many. Uh, oh, Alexander yeah. Payne popped up in that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they said we have way too much scenery. We need somebody eating it. <laughs> so Alexander Payne showed up with his shovel-sized spoon <laughs> yeah, and machete, and just yes. started chowing down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the source, source. That one was yeah. That bizarre. had uh, Connor and Duncan. Mm-hmm. Nope, that was Endgame because that oh, was, was the one where Duncan killed Connor because they had to because reasons. I don't know. Yeah, it was uh, one one of those. No, Endgame was the one with Alexander Payne in it, and uh, Duncan Connor let Duncan kill him so that he would have that power to be able to defeat. I Alex see. Z. What? 
We know way too much about we this. No, we do. We do. <laughs> and I know so much about this series. Something like, then Mytho shows up for a minute. And then, oh, he's and from then BC. There was, yeah, then there was the Dark Quickening. And then <laughs> all of this shit is like, what the fuck? Which, of course, leads us back to Hal Ashby. To Hal Ashby. The Dark Quickening embodied. No, um, <laughs> it's just it's weird when there are those movies that you love for what they were, and then they get pulled into all these other things that it make it something else hmm. and then sequels start happening that really fuck it up and then it turns it what, what what the fuck is this nonsense right thankfully blessedly harold and maude was spared that fate it is one of those that has become big among those who love movies and aren't just into a pop culture thing yeah uh this is one that is like, okay, you love, this is the fucking movie for you. Uh, you like love stories, you want to, yeah, this is the way to go. And it's very easy to get pulled into the story, and it's something that, I think just because of the nature of the film itself, has been able to maintain a certain level of purity throughout its existence. Well, it's the, this is going to be obvious, but the performances yes. by every single character in this movie uh-huh. make it... A world that it would be otherwise be completely unbelievable. Oh God, yes. And dare I say, make the characters unbelievably obnoxious. Oh yeah, you were like you said, if it was not for Ruth Gordon being so incredible in this, her character is a fucking monster. She's a socially retarded menace. Yeah. If it's not Ruth Gordon's understated performance and yeah. it is understated oh, believe you me because this could have gone in a thousand different 90s drew barrymore directions mm-hmm. of crazy oh god yes oh <clears throat> yes i'm free trees are free you could really see this going off the rails uh-huh it actually walked razor oh god on, yes on really lady uh-huh uh-huh but then because of ruth gordon she makes it an authentic now she's not doing this for affect she's uh-huh. she's not doing this just to uh for effect, rather, with an affect. She yeah. is genuine. Yeah. Because she's gone through, as you find out, all manner of hell, so just living is so much better than anything else. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Which is great, because Harold thinks, who has everything, and yeah. who hasn't been through anything at all, really, right. <clears throat> wants to die. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's weird, because it's one of those things where, uh, actually, this um, was Colin Higgins' UCLA screenwriting MFA thesis. Good That's job, what this buddy. is based on. Yeah, so fucking fantastic for you. And the original, just from what you talked about, hold on, Bud Court wanted Greta Garbo <laughs> to play Maud, which, whoa. Um, Harold, ha- Harold and Maud are on the flip sides of the coin. Harold has the surface everything he needs. Right. Everything you could want, but he doesn't have something that you need. He doesn't have, you don't get the feeling of love, of acceptance, of anything that is affirming of him as a person. And Maude doesn't have the things, but she doesn't care because she's like, I know who the fuck I am. I'm good. I'm solid. I'm. Yeah. I'm on. She's dialed in. Yeah. She's dialed in. She's got it. I mean, you're being, don't be authoritative. You're not your best self when you're authoritative. (laughs) Fucking hell. Right. Oh. But she is a character. You said it at one point. It is a fucking razor's edge. If she danced is, literally a hair's breadth in either direction, think of how 
screamingly obnoxious Maud would be. Oh my God. If it wasn't for actually hell with that. She, the first it, thing. Yeah, go ahead. If it wasn't for her charm. Yes. Yeah. Her charm or performance. It's who yeah. she is. Exactly. It's Ruth yeah. Gordon being Ruth Gordon. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Without acting. Mm -hmm. Like beyond what cute little old ladies can get away with. Yeah. The like Audrey Hepburn-esque effortless charm. Right. She's just yeah. so charming and sweet. You mm -hmm. like. All right. I'm sorry, but she, the, yeah. but they go for the throat. Yeah, uh, on testing you immediately with yes. It. First, yeah. she's eating lunch at a funeral. Uh huh. Uh, okay. Maybe she isn't. Maybe she isn't. Maybe but, she is, or maybe she isn't. Uh, maybe there's an orange. I can't really tell. But she's sitting far enough back that like, it's like well, okay, you're not. You're that's not. Odd. Yeah. Then she steals the car, uh, the priest's car. Well, no, that's the second funeral. She's remember. There's the first one where we just see her. Then she goes and talks to Harold. Harold yeah, but yeah. I mean. That, again, that's yeah. just licorice in a church. Yeah, licorice in the church. And immediately after the licorice, she steals the, steals car, the car next to the parade. Which I I, 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 I said during when we were watching it, uh, a parade by the funeral before Ruth Gordon steals a car from the priest is where Wes Anderson yeah, was born. Was born. Yeah. He just sprung yeah, fully like, like Athena from Zeus's yeah, just, head. Boom, <laughs> as he just showed up. Yeah. All right. If somebody get me some trombone parts. It, it was. It was. Hot. It was like in uh, Terminator Two. Yeah. Uh, Terminator just <gasps> whimsy. Yes. I think this is perfect. But why you, is there a parade? Don't tell anyone why. There's no need to know why. It just is. When she shows up. Okay. So we the first time we hear her talk and she interacts with Harold. You know, yeah. At a funeral. In, during a funeral. Then she comes over licorice and my immediate response. Nobody has ever wanted black licorice. But for it's some reason, it's it's like Necco wafers. Yeah. Mm. Why does this exist? Yeah. yeah. Strawberry quick. Somebody's got to be drinking it. Yeah. Somebody has to be. You know, or the fucking uh, the 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 oat not the oat what is the, the shredded wheat where it's the giant shredded wheat biscuit no no you no. know what I'm talking oh, about oh yeah no they no still make it but they no still there people are eating frosted mini wheats yeah yeah not because some obvious. giant disgusting bale of hay that you cover with milk and then God. suffer through like it's the fucking potato famine and this is the only option you have it's goddamn <laughs> dreadful. Who but, sold that one? Bernays? The same guy that came up with bacon? Probably. Uh, yeah. Selling bacon? Here's an idea. That's fantastic. Yeah. Try this. Try, try this. It. Tell them everybody they should eat a bale of hay. Yeah. That'll be good for them. Just do it. They'll like it. Trust do it. Me. Do it. Just, eat the same things yeah. cattle do. Yeah. Well, it's again, it's that shit like the filet of fish. I know it, once upon a time when Catholics gave a shit about Lent. Yes, that made sense. But now it doesn't. There's no reason for this to exist. <laughs> Black licorice. What the fuck? And yeah. you offer some... Ugh. <laughs> it's like the, the, the only reason absinthe is not a crazy popular beverage is because it tastes like that. Yeah, well... The, and I have a particular uh, with this because I went out with somebody. Um, one night we went out and had pizza. We uh, drank some absinthe and she ended up puking in my living room. Yeah. I had to clean up absinthe pizza vomit. <laughs> what a fucking high school combination. Yeah. How did that happen? We we went you out had and had dinner and we like, had dinner hey, and then we came home and said, Hey, I've got some absinthe. <laughs> it, it made sense at the time, you know, you have absinthe, what are you gonna do? She's like, I've never had absinthe. I was like, Well, <laughs> you here have you any go. J and B? I hear it's terrible. <laughs> this was 
worse than the Ron Burgundy scotch. Just, but yeah, absinthe is one of those that everyone, even people who like absinthe, they're like, oh, the t- the taste is horrific. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. But you know, you have to get all the uh, all the works and pour it over a sugar cube yeah, and like you're then, sitting in Dracula. Even then, it's disgusting. It's, then it's just sweet and awful. Yeah. And you chug it down, and you're like, afterwards. That any any drink that requires a drink after it to remove the flavor, it's not good. You need to stay the fuck away from it. So yes, the black licorice. All I'm picturing is that will make you vomit even worse than vomit. Yeah, that would be like your vomit then vomited. Yeah, and that's what you're dealing with. There she is. Yeah. Being inappropriate in funerals, then uh, escalating to stealing the uh, priest's car. And does it without even a blink. Just, whoa. Anybody else? Like, what? Yeah. Fuck you. You stole the car from a priest. But then you get the idea that um, he returned it. So she returned it because he got it back. That yeah. does remind me of something. But you that, don't know at the time. Yeah. So that Joe Rogan said, I forgot what it was. His mom was, oh, they're talking about. Uh, like Scientology or something. You watch the Scientology documentary with oh. his mom, and his mom's like, God, I, the things that people believe. You made me go to Catholic school. Some pedophile dressed like a wizard sitting on a golden throne, and you make me call him father. <laughs> like, but yeah, yeah that. Got you there. Yeah. Like, she did return that car, at least. Because what, what makes her endearing is the fact that the, if she. If what Maud was saying felt like it was for effect. Yes. Or for a reaction, she would be insufferable. Right. But the fact that she says it and doesn't even pause for a reaction was like, uh, with the St. Christopher, Christopher medal? Uh, yes, that was it. Oh. Yeah, that's probably me. You also painted it? Yeah, it was probably, you, you painted it? Yes. What did you think? I, I did you? How did you like it? I can't say I did. I, I, I have to say I didn't like it. Oh, that's okay. For aesthetic reasons, it always takes a little while. Okay, let's go. And just throws it out and then on her way. Yeah. Like, Oh, so that genuinely just a thought you have. Boom, there you go. Yeah, she does it without mm-hmm. um, it's not consideration an, of the rest of the world. It's not an affectation. It's yeah. just sort of who she is. Yeah. So that makes her a little more endearing. Like I said, if it wasn't for that, she would be insufferable. And, yeah. you know, that's a... Not a great thing. Not a great thing for a person to be. <laughs> no, yeah. no. But yeah, she makes it so endearing. And the more you learn about her, the more you see. Oh, okay, she's earned. Like whenever it always floors me when people talk about uh, Ayn Rand and just the harshness of. Oh yeah, this asshole who believed this. This like whether or not she's an asshole, I'm not going to get into. Look at her history. Read her background. You know, her father was a successful pharmacist. Mm-hmm. Then the communists came and she had all their shit taken and given. Yeah, she's somebody who's going to look at the idea of collectivism, at the idea of taking like. There's an understandable fuck you. Yeah, in that. I mean her 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 writing and her philosophy were a, a, a complete middle finger to what she went through. Exactly, and saw yeah. firsthand. Yeah, and built up by yeah. the, around the same time that people were considering. The, the the ideas that she went through in yeah. theory, people were, in theory were like, yeah, not too bad, and she, yeah. in reality, had dealt with it. Yes, like no, you fucking idiots. Uh-huh. And let me, and she, it made what she would probably just written about and not, a, you know, posited as philosophy louder. Yeah, her reaction was more of a, a, a multiple middle fingers. Yeah, yeah, it was very reactionary. Yes, we need to, by the way, at some point, have to do a an Atlas shrugged. Uh, Marathon. Oh my God. It's so bad. 
so bad. Yeah, don't they don't trans her works don't translate no, to film at all, not at all. But with Maud, the more you learn about her, you see that her life is though not a direct middle finger to the past. No, it it's is, more of a. It, it there is a bit of that that's in there. It's it's not. I don't. It's not a deliberate middle finger. Just by virtue of of what it is, it is it's a, a shrugging off. Yeah, it's a shrug. Yeah, it's just yeah. A, an empty hand and shrugging off. It's mm. not attached to anything. Yeah. Well, so let's. Who should we talk about first? Harold, Maud, Mom, Uncle. Let's go with Harold. Harold. Okay, so Harold's the first one to start with. Harold is what he's he's twenty. I guess roughly, we never really hear his age, but he's yeah. eighteen to twenty, and this is one of those things with the uh, the idle rich is a kid who has no moorings at all. This no. is Antoine Duaniel with money. Yeah, uh, mom, they they send him off to schools. Don't deal with him. These are the folks who have enough money to raise a kid properly. They have enough money to have the time to raise a kid properly. But instead of doing that, they say, "We'll let somebody Without else the deal good with sense it." Of boarding school, exactly. Yeah, we'll go ahead and just just send them off. Yeah, that's what's so weird to me when you look at this. Is this mom's got nothing but time? Yeah, nothing but time. And instead of dedicating it to building an awesome relationship with the kid, it's oh, you have these just go off and do, and you you definitely feel that in there that this is just a kid who's he, he is having child tantrums yeah over the state of everything and doesn't know how to express it doesn't know what to say doesn't know what to do is just like pay pay attention to me yeah um and the tantrums are writ large and over the top mock suicides but which on its face after a while you would look at someone doing that like look asshole yeah turn it down uh-huh. but the whole world that he's in that every character is in the world of this film mm-hmm. is very over the top. Right. All the institutions being swatted at right. are r- broadly written caricatures. Yeah. yeah. You know, the idle rich aren't, they're, aren't, they're just that. They don't do anything. They're just yeah. there being rich and above it all and snooty and yeah. uh, detached. Uh, the, insti- um, the church is just a. Uh, an empty room with a weirdo at the head of it. Right. The military is run by a buffoon who's over the top about Nathan Hale. Yeah. Everything is just like... And as I pointed out, looking at it, where is the fucking door in the psychiatrist's office? The psychiatrist there, down to the picture of Freud behind it. Yeah, there just, isn't a door in it. Right. It's just... It's just wildly absurd. Yeah. Without... Yeah. But keeping it looking real. Does right. that make any sense? Yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Everything's just... Pop. It's sort of a... a uh, a hyper stylized realism. Yes. Whereas in any real world, a son does some of the shit he did. Mom sits down. Harold, what's going on? What is wrong with you? What is wrong? What's ha- what, what? How can I help here? Instead, it's just. Oh. Uh, but you know. But it's funny. It is. It is. It is. Uh, applying the lens of real life on it. Yeah. Well, no. Makes it wildly different. Harold's acting out. What it reminds me of, sort of, is uh, we watch the uh, she is not a Christian. Yes. Uh, wife swap. The youngest daughter who did the dancing and stuff, mm. when the new mom came in and was like, I'm going to connect with her right. and started talking to her. And you were like, oh my God, this is that, that little girl looks like she just took her first breath of air in a month. Just, right. Oh my God. And that's Harold has never had that engaging with him as a person one-on-one. In, in fact, it's never even dawned on Harold to even look to someone else for that. Yeah. 
Yes, exactly, um, exactly. And this kind of pull kicking streaming, uh, I can't speak, screaming into uh, their relationship with Maud. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, come on. Mm-hmm. Come here. Come on, we're going to go do this. Let's have fun. Right. Let's have fun with life. Draw him out of his shell. And he just doesn't know how to how to interact with that, mm-hmm. which it's it's so tragic when you really look at it and really oh, think about terrible. it. It's like, oh, my, this poor fucking kid this guy has no purpose uh-huh argument could be made that he doesn't really have a purpose at the end either but right but, at but least, that's not the point yeah he well he has no purpose or direction at least it feels like he has a general sense of moving towards something even if we don't know what it is even if he just has a better understanding of himself yeah yeah maybe you can stop with the mock suicides mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe maybe yeah. maybe that Maybe, yes. Maybe, maybe not ruin your kick-ass car. Yeah. Oh, damn. But uh, going back to the Wes Anderson being fully fully sprung. Fully sprung, yeah. We can't overstate this. No, we can't. We can't. It, you it's can't. It's literally impossible to overstate that. There are that. full shot sequences that are like... If you dropped this in the middle of Rushmore, it would not be out of place. At, at all. all. Yeah, no, not at all. Car <laughs> junkyard, slightest. plane flies over while, mu- while music, while whimsical music plays. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, oh, okay, sure. I also uh, got the cold realization mm-hmm. that Wes may very well watch this movie once a week. Oh, God, yes. Oh, in God, his yes. his theater room, mm-hmm. his big house uh-huh. full of antique tuba parts. Yeah, yes. And old bicycles. Wearing a bowler hat and just upset as he can be that he'll never get to the top of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. He's got charts and shit. Yeah, he's got a cup of oat straw tea and a big old slice <laughs> of ginger pie <laughs> and just going, I can do it! Damn you, Ashby. Damn you, Ashby. Once again, Ashby has been my Waterloo. Because <laughs> <laughs> the the whimsy is yeah obvious and everywhere. Yes, it is. It but is. There's a heart there. There is that. Mm-hmm. Without it, would almost be insufferable. Yes, but the I heart totally is, agree with is, that. It's what makes this movie, in my opinion. Yeah, these are not people I'd want to be around. No, I can pick apart trying to be funny, uh-huh. um, uh, attack institutions that I actually give a shit about. But uh-huh. the the relationship between Harold and Maude is so special. It is. It is. And the performances are so good mm. conveying that. To, a, to somebody who would otherwise just kind of roll his eyes, right. that's how good this movie is. Yes. That's well, my point. And part of it, too, is because there's such a great juxtaposition in the mother figures. Yeah. If we look at his mom, who, as I pointed out, just, like, oddly hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Vivian Pickles. Mm, hello, Vivian Pickles. 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 It delivers pickles. <laughs> pickles. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep callback. Holy shit, yeah. Drunken Vine from six years ago. Damn Jimmy Johns delivers pickles. Pickles! <laughs> Vivian Pickles. Vivian Pickles. I would order from Jimmy Johns. God, yes. She doesn't seem to really give a shit about this kid. Not at all. In the slightest. It's like <laughs> Not a bit. Wow, you just don't... Damn. Yeah, you're you're a lamp. She has to keep adjusting. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Damn I mean, lampshade. Yeah, she, she she addresses him somewhat, but you never get. I'm sorry if your kid has faked 15 suicides in front of you. 
if you don't realize yeah. I need to talk to this kid yeah. instead of we need to find somebody to talk to this kid, yeah. there's a problem. There's a huge problem. Uh, her her reaction, the first one, that opening shot is so fucking great. Yes. Through all that, Harold lights the can- plays the music, lights the candles, writes a little name tag, hangs himself. Mom walks in and does... It's hilarious, but yeah. I suppose you think very funny. Yeah. Well, we're having company over later. Will you please... Don't... It's so fucking fantastic because it immediately, it's one of those things where it immediately tells you everything yes. you need to know. Yeah. Absolutely everything. Sets the tone for the rest of the film. Yeah. Gives you the 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 flavor and, re- and hyper-reality you've entered into immediately. Yeah, yeah. Starts talking about Ma. When she talks about Dad at dinner, well, his father always had a sense of the absurd. Right. One time when we were in Paris, he stepped out to buy cigarettes, float, arrested for floating naked down the Seine, experimenting in, in river currents with water wings. That cost quite a bit of influence. <laughs> right. Oh. And you get the sense that she probably didn't care much about him either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's completely detached. Yeah, d- detached. Everything in her life, like the fact that she—if you look at her hair—we never see her real hair. Right. She's either got a wig on, a water, a swim cap, fucking giant Esteban mariachi <laughs> hat. Um, yes. She's got all this shit happening. So. That is one of those minor things that you know the writer was thinking. Yeah, but you never really see who mom is. You yeah, see yeah. her, but you don't see her. She could very well be another piece of ornate furniture in that giant house. Yes, uh huh. And God, like that room <coughs> that they were in, where I just literally, where I said at one point, the, the room it began in. Yeah, my house could fit in that room, as you also said, a symphony of brown. Yeah. This is the whole thing was done in uh, what we call the steak and ale palette. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, this is the only palette I wish to work in as a, as a filmmaker. Yeah, it's like they looked at Friends of Eddie Coyle and said, "A bit too colorful. We need more brown. We have less. Well, we 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 have less love streams a little too psychedelic." <laughs> And it is. Oh, we haven't gotten to love streams yet. Not love streams. Woman under the influence. Woman under the influence. Yeah. Excuse and me. And the man. furniture matches. But then they have that uh, fucking because the fucking stars aren't aligned right. Mm-hmm. At Trace Amigos room. <laughs> the Casa Ole. Yeah, Casa Ole. <laughs> fucking blue ceiling with some Spanish mural on the wall. Like, holy crap! <laughs> Such a gorgeous house. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. But you you just get this idea is that when mom's not. Working with when 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 mom is not dealing with Harold, yeah, you just wonder what the fuck is she doing? It's, it's just at, one dinner party, yeah, to the one next. dinner party to the next to a social call about right. whatever. I do my correspondence after breakfast, you know. Yeah, again, Jenkins brings me my correspondence <laughs> to my dad. I sh- I I feel like taking lunch on the balcony today. Right. How fancy a dip. Yeah. Oh, and she does oh, that. Oh, look, there's Harold. That white lady, old white lady swim thing where it's like, I can't even, I cannot get, I can be in a swimming pool, but I cannot have water above my collarbone. <laughs> right. Such an odd thing. It's very odd. It's like when you're in a swimming pool and you splash someone and they get mad. It's like, you're in a pool. <laughs> you're already wet. Right. The fuck, man? Everything is very. Yeah. Cold and in its place. Yes, uh-huh. juxtaposed with Maud's trail fucking car. I mean, a train, train car, car. Yeah, that 
it just looks like an antique shop exploded. Yeah, yes. Through the paper bear. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. wacky shacks. So let's talk. So we got an idea, Harold. Let's yep. look at Maud individually. So as we find out the fucking subtlety of this movie, this is literally, there is a blink, you miss it moment that is so vitally important. Yeah to Maud that it literally cannot be overstated. Yeah. And it is on screen maybe two seconds. Maybe two seconds. Maybe when they're talking out after having such a great day together, Harold holds her hand, looks down, and sees a number tattooed on her arm. Yeah. And then it's gone. And it's not mentioned, not referenced, not in any way even alluded to. She shouldn't talk about it. Afterwards. Earlier in the film, she talks about, uh, alludes to some uh, great loss. Yeah. And and earlier, you know, all she says is before. Yeah. And then goes off, talks about real pain, comes back with with tears in her eyes Uh about the stuff that happened before she came to America. Uh That's it. And then later you see a number. Yeah. It's not all in the same scene. You actually have to put together. Nowadays it would be some... No, no, no. It would be a huge thing. It would be so spelled out. Let's all say together in neon, Mm -hmm. Holocaust survival. Mm -hmm. She mentioned uh, Vienna. Mentioned Vienna. They were talking, oh, I was always protesting something. This, right. And that uh, the kingdoms are gone. I do miss the kings, though. Right. I, Don't we all, lady? But seeing her sort of fold into that where you witness her. And I always, this time, I always kind of wondered when she got up and went and started doing the player piano and dancing around. Mm. It, this was the first time that I ever really connected fully what happened with that, why she did that. I realized that because I was watching it more critically, I was I was like, oh, yeah, and then she wants to get back. She gets lost in her memory and has to actively break herself out of that and yeah. come back. Yeah. I, she has to remind herself of who she is. And I think the reason that she, that, that I said her living is sort of the, uh, the Ayn Randian middle finger is because she goes through all the shit with the Holocaust, all of that nightmare, and what is she doing? She is living in every way that could possibly cause offense to the Third Reich. Right. Everything she does is Abstract just... Abstract art and jazz? Yes. Listen to this. Oh, goodness. Good Lord. No, it's just flipping people, just flipping them the bird and yeah. living everything I can experience, everything I can do. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the best revenge is doing what... Going off and doing what they didn't want you to do. Right. They didn't want me to live. Well, I'm going to live the fuck out of this. I'm right. going to live the fuck yeah. out of life. And just magnificent. Uh, and her her persona is so genuine. Yeah, because you you have her, A, reacting. Her, I'd say if there was a, a prequel to this. Uh-huh. You would have had steps into this world. Yes. Yeah. And eventually around a time that she decides, uh, spoilers, yeah. she wants to die. Yeah. She really lets it go. Yeah. Because we're not just dealing with somebody who's middle fingering the Holocaust and everything that went bad in her life. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with somebody who knows the the exit is right around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I'm, we, I'm out. When we first meet her. She, and, and she it's says so it. It's, yeah, just, it's, it's just a throwaway line. I'll be, I'm turning it. It'll all be over next week. It'll all be over Saturday. Yeah. Well, I'll be over that's Saturday. That's it. Yeah. And that's what's interesting is that's the sort of thing that we kind of move to the, oh, you're turning 80. Huh? It's all over. <laughs> right. 
no, no. It's, it's all over. It's this all is, over. and and she, like you said, when when that sequence happened, my terms, absolutely, and someone is whose whose life, whose and probably entire family's lives, uh, and fate were chosen by somebody else, mm-hmm. actively chosen and yeah. affected by somebody else, uh-huh. is will be damned. Yeah. If any other authority is going to come in in her life, yeah, she's going to make the decisions. She's Absolutely. going out the way she wants to go Absolutely. out. Living the, on her terms and dying yeah. on her terms. Well, and what it sort of reminded me of is while we were talking, like she didn't want to die alone and she didn't want to die in some Fucking antiseptic hospital. hospital. It co- kind of reminded me of uh, Dale pulling Andrea out of the CDC at the end of the first season of The Walking Dead. Yeah. He's like, but I saved your life. No, you didn't save my life. You ruined my death. Right. And it's like you took that away from me. Yeah. That I I had had this thing set up and you and with Harold, you know, that's of course that's what his you know, what he was gonna do. Of course. Of course that was of course his plan. Um and we'll just talk about Maud hatch uh, sort of patchwork and jump back and forth at times, but the whole seat with her death, well that because her death, though it has some great moments, I don't think is the most important I don't know. It is the most important, but it's there's so much other shit going down with her. That. Death is not necessarily the most important, mm-hmm. but her death sequence, yes. as a film. Oh my god, that's brilliant! And it, in my opinion, it's oh yeah. the best part of the movie. It's one the absolute without question, and it's one of those where without that piece of music, uh, fucking trouble by Cat Stevens. It's just so fucking good. It's so it's head and shoulders above countless movie yeah. deaths that uh, between lovers or friends yeah. or whatever parents well and part of it is because at a point they just don't show her yeah it's the waiting yep harold alone in the waiting room just sitting there waiting they cut to him it's quiet i trouble is is one of those songs that the the arrangement of it is so perfect for that because you've got that little bit of the piano going in the background mm-hmm. that get, it, it just layers and the Ba-na-na-na. Like where it just it has such incredible dynamic shifts of just silence. So happy to be. Yeah. Then done and little bits going yeah, on. Yeah, mixed with the it. shots of him waiting. Yeah. Shots of him driving the car, oh, crying. The moment with the car where he rolls the window down and doesn't really stick his head out, but just yeah. sort of rolls his head out the window yeah. and closes his eyes. It now I, I don't know if a filmmaker would have the balls to do it this way anymore. I realize Ashby's background was fucking insane. Yeah. Like both of his parents died by the time he was like 15, I mm. think. Like one of them committed suicide. His dad committed suicide. He was married and divorced by the time he was 19. Wow. And then just fucking hitched out to LA and worked his way from the ground up yeah. as a director. And. I remember when I, you know, would show this to classes, I'd say I'd give his background, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened. This is this guy's take on a love story before we even watch it. What's, is this going to be a typical love story? No, Mm. no. That perspective is so, it's like, um, to do a slight digression. Did you hear the announcement about the second season of Jessica Jones? No. Uh, Every episode will be directed by a woman. Okay. And it's like when you look at the first season, it is such a heavy allegory about surviving sexual yeah. assault. Like, I mean, I'm sorry that needed a woman's perspective in the storytelling of that. I think, but it's one of those things where when you or have at least the writing, yeah, yeah, when you have somebody with that 
different an outlook on something, it informs the whole thing so differently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, with this, fucking Ashby arguably was lost as hell and reaching out looking for anything. Mm -hmm. Harold lucked out in that he found this force of nature who was determined to say, this is my last week, and I have found someone I want to spend it with. Yeah. And just the beauty of those little moments with the ring. You know, yes. hold that. And what's what was kind of cool about that too, not just so, when she throws it in the water, now I'll always know where it is. To me, I feel like, no, Harold, now you'll always know yeah. where it is. And anytime you pass by this, you'll remember it. You'll think of it. And you'll be happy. It'll give you reason to smile. This yeah. is... I just made this place where we're sitting our place. Exactly. exactly. Forever. This is claimed for eternity. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be that little piece there at the bottom of the... It's a ring. It's never going to get picked up. It's just yeah. down there at the bottom of this lake. Uh, so effortless in her charm. So just engaging and endearing. But Ashby's background coming into that, you could see that Ashby, I, I honestly feel like Ashby connected with Maud. And like, he is a guy who, while making this movie, I'm willing to wager thought, fucking, if I, I needed to have met Maud. Uh, get out of my head. Yeah. I was about to say, between the writer and, and Ashby, like, uh -huh. he, he and the writer created this character that both of them needed at some point yeah yeah it's like the ultimate imaginary friend yes uh -huh. that you need that you needed well, you know it, it kind of reminds me of my uh my or mentor right. better better term than well, imaginary friend. a cousin louise my cousin louise she, who's my mom's like older cousin mm. uh she went through a fucking life that was into it was one of those like from a very proper family and she yeah. married who she was supposed to mm -hmm. but didn't love him didn't right. want to years later married the man she loved uh, he passed away. She lives in the town where they they moved in this old house it's up in New Hampshire. She goes and visits his grave every day. Still refers to things in the plural. We mm. do this, like, but she just makes you feel alive. When I was working at Dell, I was working at Dell when I met her, and I was talking about how I didn't like the job and stuff like that. And she just sat there, and after a little bit, she goes, "You know, Jim, we've got to figure out how to get you out of there." <laughs> like, oh my God, you are amazing, lady. Yeah. You are wow. Yeah. And I can understand where it's the older person who has this energy, this view of life, this Absolutely. everything uh, that I had a had an Aunt Allie. Uh-huh. Um, my mom's aunt. <clears throat> she passed away when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. But she not she wasn't, you know, obviously this uh wacky as Maud. Right. But she had the same sort of spirit of Oh, what the hell are they going to do to me? I'm X years yeah. old. Yes. You know, she put a, a stick up under a pew in a Catholic church. This one guy that was, you know, had a little bit of body odor. And she just said, this is a good place for a stick up. <laughs> right in the middle of mass. You know, she was just one of those. <laughs> a character. And her daughter, Allie Burke, who also passed away uh, this past year. Mm -hmm. She was like that, too. She was very just, let's go for it. Yeah. I feel like I should own a house in Spain. So, by God, she bought a house in Spain. So, yes, we'll, we will do this. You know. And there's that scene with Harold and Maud where they're in the graveyard looking at flowers. First of all, you don't know they're in a graveyard. Right. right. They're looking at flowers, and Harold says they're all the same. Mm -hmm. And she says, no, they're very different if you pay close attention. Right. Um, and says, 
which in any other script, any other movie, any other actors, different situation would be the corniest, uh-huh. you know, almost love is mm-hmm. kind of meme. Yeah. But she says, the problem is most people are this. Yeah. Flowers. Uh-huh. And think they're this and pan out. No, no. They, most people are this, but allow, them allow themselves, themselves to be treated like this. That's like it. That. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the message of the movie. It is. It that's is. That's it. Out mm-hmm. of all the comic beats and whatevers, yeah. that's the point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not here just to do what you're told, pay taxes, and die. Right. You know, there's more out there. Come on, little soldier. Buck up. Exactly. There's blowjobs and pancakes yeah, afoot. Exactly. <laughs> okay, here's the thing on Ashby. Okay, he was the fourth and youngest child of a Mormon household in Utah. Well, there you go. His father was a dairy farmer. His parents divorced, father committed suicide, dropped out of high school, married and divorced by 19, moved from Utah to California. A California unemployment office found him a printing press job at Universal Studios, worked his way up to being an assistant film editor, and then his buddy, who was a messenger in the studio, named Jack Nicholson, kind of helped him out with some stuff. And uh, yeah, he won an Oscar for writing in the heat of the night. Nice. But he is a guy who, again, you look at that, look at that life, that fourth, the youngest child in a Mormon house, Mm -hmm. father commits suicide, married and divorced at age 19. That is somebody who is this and was allowed to be treated like that and found his way to doing something more, something different uh, because he wanted to. I mean, that's somebody who realized, fuck, if I stay here, I'm going to die. Like, if I stay here, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what my dad did, and yeah. he got away from that, which is just fucking glorious. It really is. But that combination of things just coming together and melding so perfectly, I, it's it's awe inspiring. It's awe inspiring. Let's look at the ancillary characters connected to Harold's life now: mom, uncle, psychiatrist, priest. Uh, the priest we don't really see much. We don't have much other than the sagging breath. No, you get that whole that whole scene. But it's uh, the withered flesh, saggy breasts, buttocks, buttocks. Yeah, he he. All right, enter the psychoanalyst. There's more there with him. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's more there, which I do think includes sort of a. Uh, I'm not going to say disdain for the psychiatric arts, but definitely not in admiration for them. No. <laughs> they, they never address it, but every time he talks to a psychiatrist, he's dressed exactly like yeah. him. And in just, a room without a door. Yeah, in a room without a door. That with Two uh, chairs facing a wall. Yeah. Find the fucking door for me. Because like, I looked at it, I was like, it's not there. It's not there. There was a set that was done very... No, there's not going to be a door. Fuck with people's minds it here. may be. It may be. The finest critique of psychoanalysis yeah. I've ever seen. All the time I'm sitting there looking at it is like, is he fucking Gunny Highway? How the fuck does he know <laughs> what he's going to be wearing? How does he know? Like, how does he know? Because it's not like he shows up wearing the same shirt. He is coat, socks, shoes, shoes yeah. tie, everything. Yes. How does he know? Or maybe he figured out this guy's got a strict dressing schedule. Because if you look at it, he sees this dude multiple times a week. Right. Because remember, this whole thing takes place in less than a week. Yeah. If, at best, 
the first time he meets Maud is on a Saturday, then it takes a full week. Yes. But if it's not on a Saturday, then it's less than a fucking right. week. So that that is something to bear in mind because it feels like so much time, so much more time passes. But I'm wagering that's because to Harold it feels like there is more time passing. Yes. Um, but yeah, the the psychoanalyst it's, it's a, a critique of the again. I think this is all going after the upper crust folk, where yeah. it is just the well, the only ones that can afford that. Yeah, you're looking for this. Oh goodness, that's all you are. Blah blah blah. Bullshit that right. that he's calling out. So from there we have uh, Uncle, yes, Uncle. Holy shit, man! What a that performance. is brilliant. And the the little cheesy jokes that are put in there. When when I was doing UL one act play in high school, uh, somebody did the Miss Firecracker contest, of and there was a character that they kept mentioning as having a checkered past. And the audience that was obviously there with that school laughed. That character walks in and laughs. I'm like, why is his entrance getting a laugh? And I was talking to some folks. He's like, "Oh yeah, because he was wearing checked pants. So checkered past, then he's wearing you know like plaid pants. So he's wearing checkered pants for his... really wow that. But okay. before we meet Uncle, he was MacArthur's right, right hand, hand man. Right. Then we beat him. He's missing his right arm. Right. Okay, that's fucking great. And he typifies that idea of." I think the the establishment entire like everybody in this represents some level of the establishment being out of touch. Yes. Uh he I think kind of represents the umbrella of all of it. Mm-hmm. Because he's so completely out of hand. We haven't had a good war in forever and we are in a good like, shit. Yeah, it can represent some somebody's as much as as Maud may be a combination of all these different characters of of good and light and right. true and yeah. truth, uh, some bad idea golem, yeah, you know, put to, <laughs> put together, like well, I believe you know the worst possible example of military establishment slash authoritarian blah blah mm-hmm. blah. It's all put together right into this. This screaming caricature and, right. and and perform that way. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not being subversive. So right. it's just like, look, yeah. this commedia de arte version of authority. Right, yeah. right. Um, the whole plan is there's spring in your step, a glint in your <laughs> eye. Right. Like Nathan Hayes. Yeah. You'll have respect and money in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me, chauffeur. Yes, Respect. look at me. A chauffeur, a six-stripe chauffeur. You've yeah. got like a fucking okay. master sergeant driving you around. Holy shit. And that's it's a different world. You know, of yeah. course, a general. There is real fucking power there. Yeah. My dad talked about doing staff meetings with generals, talking about shit on base, and literally having generals. The way generals talk in meetings is hilarious because hilarious it's like, now I'm wondering, nobody do anything. I'm just asking a question. What if we do da da da? And he said it was because one time he was in a meeting. Well, not because he said one time he was in a meeting with a general who made a comment about like, you know, that a uh, corner at this and this. There, it just feels like maybe we should look into getting a stop sign there. It might make it safer. Driving home that day, a stop sign was being installed. That's how like that works. shit got done. <laughs> so generals have to do that because otherwise shit happens. Right. So. Very yes, this caricature of out of touch. Yes, trying to pull him into his version of the military and right, ugh. right. Mm. and uh, just how awful it is. So when 
finally the mother's had enough and wants to have him drafted. Yeah. He and Maud hatch this brilliant plan. <laughs> brilliant plan to make him make it look like she died. Make him look like a crazy yeah. bloodlusted lunatic that kills an old woman. Right. And then it's not mentioned again. Not mentioned again. But remember, rich families. Uh, well, I mean, I'm again, not, look, I'm not saying that there are rich, established families out there where one of the younger members of the family could kill someone. <laughs> not kill. Be responsible for the death of someone. Oh, well, that changes things. And have zero accountability. Jalisco, Jalisco. To tennis, to novia. Greg Guadalajara. <laughs> Era. Oh, I did not do that. <laughs> Shivis did that. <laughs> oh, man. But that is totally what the vibe on this is, is yeah. this out of touchness uh, and the the tie directly into military. Right. It's the it's the that scene where Harold is acting like a bloodthirsty maniac uh-huh. to uh, worry the uh, uncle. Yeah. Out of military service. It's the only time where the. We're not for this war thing is a l- punching you a little close to the nose. Not right. connecting. Not it's connecting, not broad, yeah. It's not so right. broad that it's just insufferable, but it's someone's throwing, it, throwing a few at you. Yeah, it's it's a stage slap that misses, misses yeah. by an inch. Yeah, yeah. So it's not hard, but it's enough to be like, motherfucker. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Come on, it, let's, let's stay on task. Once when a girl did a stage slap on me, and instead of connecting with the fingers first, she hit with the ball of the mm. hand first. So it was not so much being slapped as it was getting punched. Yes. yes. It was a palm strike. But yeah, that, that is what that, that was. It was a little, hey, <laughs> calm yeah. down, calm down. Huh. Although if we were to really call, I think the non-mod highlights of this movie, it is the dates. Oh, absolutely. The dates. Starting with Grimace. Yes. And watch the movie, and then look up McDonald's characters, and you'll understand yes. why. Starting with Grimace, who I I would have made an excuse not to go out on the date before it even started, based 100% off of her personality and her voice. Yes. The worst voice imaginable. Pretty bad. And, oh, so so obnoxious. Yes. So obnoxious. And he lights himself on fire, then comes in, and we get, I think, the second greatest... Or if not the second greatest, one of the two greatest breaking of the fourth walls ever. The other one, of course, being Burt Reynolds in Smokey and the Bandit. Correct. He looks right at the camera, but just the the slightness. Actually, no. I take all of that back. The best breaking of the fourth wall is in Trading Places. Yes. Like you would find in a bacon and lettuce and tomato sandwich. sandwich. And Murphy just turns to the camera. Brilliant. Yeah. That is the best. This one was solid as hell because it was so minor. Just his eyes moved. And the first time we see Harold smile, and it's not even a smile, it's a smug little smirk. Yeah, like, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a uh, Grinch who stole Christmas yeah. sneer. Uh-huh, I yeah. win. Um, the second date, I liked her. Yeah. She was nice. She was sweet. She had one of my favorite deliveries. She supplies the entire Southwest with chicken feed. Well, not the entire self, but that was, you know, me with my love of the moments. Mm-hmm. There are those moments of acting where I'm like, if there was an award for best single line delivery, I, I would be totally in favor of that. Yeah. For like an, uh, the Oscar for best single line delivery goes to, <laughs> it would be that one 
for that year without question. Well, not that. Right. Brilliant. Uh, chops his hand off. No fake blood. I would have thought Harold would have done that. And she's gone. Yep. That's it. And then. Then the uh, every uh, every uh, rich, aloof weirdo's Wolfsbane. Yeah. The actress. The actress. But let's be honest. With her beginning, from the beginning, I'm not saying she was an easy target. I'm not saying that that was a woman like, if Harold does not act like an idiot, he can have sexual intercourse with this woman right now. Yeah. Right now. She is like so like winking at him right up there. Like she's just like, "Uh uh-huh, let's Mm. do this. Like, yeah. Whoa. Okay. Hey there, money steak. (laughs) (laughs) I took my my name off of my acting teacher yeah what was it pierre sunshine yeah something like that she was magnificent magnificent and the only reason that that i think you and i groaned a little is how many times have we known her through our lives a lot so many times oh my god we so many just actressy as actressy can be and don't get hey, I'm in no position to throw stones because I was as actory as an actor could be. That's why I'm groaning. Yeah, the groan. The only thing that she did that I I'm never. I'm not groaning done. from a, a yeah. seat of superiority. Yeah, I'm groaning from. A, oh, that's that kid oh, I'd punch in the throat. God, oh, it's the uh, only line she used that I would not have used is my instrument. <laughs> that's my body. That's my body. Do you play any? <laughs> do you drive stick like <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i like the the little moment and it had to be probably if not already planned maybe a mistake or something that came up right when they were filming it in the th- third or fourth take yeah where she asked you play any instruments mm-hmm. and he says B- harmonica yeah he doesn't even want to give her that. Yes. Not yeah. even that he's actually playing the banjo. No, uh uh-uh. Because Maude gave him a banjo. Mm-hmm. He's learning to play that because Maude. Yeah, that's it. mine and Maude's. That's, yeah, this is part of that world. Yeah. You don't even get a peek at. Yeah, yeah. He's a dick to all these girls, regardless yes. of whether they deserved it or not. Uh-huh. Increasingly so, because oh, yes. he's keeping that his private little ball of light. Right, right. All to himself. Well, the the Sunshine Players production of the Sunshine Playhouse production of Romeo and Juliet must have been a disaster. Yeah, because my God, she was bad at that. But yeah, that that then goes into him committing harikari. Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, it takes a good actress to yeah. play a bad actress. Oh God, yeah. And her best moment is when she picks up the knife and then tests it on her hand before she stabs. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, this is a collapsible blade, right? <laughs> And mom's reaction, Harold, that is your last date. Because it looks, it genuinely looks like he fucking murdered her. Right. She's on the ground playing dead. Harold's covered in blood, holding a knife. Like, but mom, oh Jesus, again with this nonsense. She was fantastic. All three of those nailed what they were doing so perfectly. Yes. So perfectly. But the best performance is the guy who didn't even get credited by his own name. Tom Skerritt. Yes. As the motorcycle cop. He's given some weird name that M something or like, what the fuck is that? What? Something Mormon. Yeah. He 
fucking kills it because the moment that Maud says, don't be authoritative, you're never your best self. And you're, the way he looks at her, it's almost as though it's... Hey, you're right. There's an area where there were these, I forget where it was, these peaceful protesters in, I forget what, where, somewhere, or, and the cops out in riot gear, but these were like straight up peaceful protesters. Mm-hmm. And there, so they just showed up one day knowing the cops, the people in the front were holding mirrors. It's like, this is what... Look at what you're wearing. This is what is this why you became a cop? Right. Is this why you're and a handful of them you'd see these guys who were just like looking away. Moment like no, no, no fuck, no. fuck, fuck. That moment it seems like she was like that approach that her eight protester ate a mirror. Yeah, pro, yeah. Later that happened, <laughs> but the look on his face when she said that it was almost like he was going what? I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, like on Kimmy Schmidt when he's walking by, she's walking by a construction site and this guy's like. Oh, those! I'm I'm jealous of those jeans. And she goes, "Really? I'm jealous of your yellow hat. Yellow's my favorite right. color." And he's like, "I don't know why I talk to women like that. I have a beautiful mother and sister at home. I don't know. Well, that's fantastic. Maybe I'm just trying to cover up." And she's just being genuinely nice to him, and right. you see him dissolving. And it sort of feels like that was sort of that moment for the cop of, I, oh, I don't. Up until the point where she stole steals fucking motorcycle. motorcycle. <laughs> if we were to see a sequel, mm-hmm. it would be this guy finding her. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, but she's already dead, so. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, possession of a stolen car. <laughs> possession of shovel. A, where's no. the possession of a stolen, stolen shovel. shovel? When he's like, because that was the period on it. He's like, the possession of a stolen. Where's the tree? Well, we put it. We put it in the ground. You put it in the ground. Is this your shovel? No. Possession of a stolen shovel. That was yeah. the period. Possession yeah. of a stolen shovel. Right. Angry. I'm going to start. Is it going to take a while? It's Lady, step back. Right. Get on the motorcycle and take. It takes off. Grab the shovel. And fucking cop just. Because Maude is wrong in every yeah, yeah, fucking absolutely. way there. I'm telling you, anything, anybody else. Yeah, and she's like, a monster. Fucking menace. Yeah. This, this guy's doing his job. <laughs> yeah. He's just trying to do his job. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what this is. This poor son of a bitch. God damn it. They don't make shit. No. And you're stealing his fucking bike? That's probably this guy's job now. Yeah, that's probably it. Great. Mm. Thanks a lot, but let's be free honest. spirit. Let's be honest. The minute that he discharged his weapon, even though it wasn't loaded, the click. <laughs> Maybe. Great. Maybe. Yeah. Good luck proving that. Look at it. as like, there's a person in front of this. That's a pistol. At that range, you're aiming at the car. You could hit that person. It's, oh, a, it's a fact. Fucking pistol, man. Yeah. You are next to the water. You are on a bridge. There are cross breezes. You could hit that. You may fucking shoot yourself. Guy. Yeah. This there is as you are as likely to fire the gun at that car and have it hit you. Yeah. As you are of actually making contact with that vehicle. It's entirely possible. The fucking service revolver. Really. <laughs> Calm the fuck down, Chris Kyle. Yeah. You ain't making this one. Well done, lady. That is a topical joke right well, there. Although you good. shouldn't talk about Chris Kyle. <laughs> uh, that's 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 just not. It was good. in fisticuffs. There was never. I well, it's it's an irrelevant point at this at this juncture. I have the papers. The courts. And I've the got documents. the documents from the court that said <laughs> I was correct. Uh, Jesse Ventura, you have to do a weird thing with Fuck your mouth. That lady. I'm Look, getting money. I don't care about a widow. I'm sorry. <laughs> if Maybe if her husband was there, he could have done something, but he wasn't. God, on account of being dead. 
Cause he died. Look, I, whether or not I didn't kill him. I did you, did you have you seen the body? Because he could still be alive. You don't know. Oh, shit. All I know is he had a a doll as a baby. <laughs> he could be an immortal. Uh, seriously, is he from Planet Zeist. <laughs> he came for if we go renegade. He's just from a very long time ago. <laughs> That's right. This is one of those films that uh, literally every part of it comes together perfectly. It is such a delicate balance. Shit that I'm reading where it's like uh, there was a scene of Maud like like painting the faces of like drawing smiles on the statues in the church. No, uh, that Ashby had planned to film the sex scene, and the now, the, the studio said, "Oh no! Oh heavens! Oh, heavens no!" Good Lord, don't do that. We won't be doing that. <laughs> oh, no. I, I didn't oh, no. do that. And you can have all of that disgust uh-huh. echoed through the performance of the priest. Yeah. If you will. If you will. But fuck yeah. But we're not doing that. I still remember showing. Like makes me want to vomit. <laughs> And as I got to quote five easy pieces, my favorite line, where do you get the ass to talk to anyone, you pompous celibate? As far as you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe call him father. Pedophile, just like a wizard sitting on a golden throne. You make me call him father. Yeah. People um, always go to pedophile. He may have some sweet thing on the end of town. That is true. Know. That is true. Um, but with, oh God, th- this film, there was there was a point that was drawn into it there that I was like, oh, this is good. Then I distracted myself because I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, but the drawing the smiley faces. Oh yeah, yeah. It's one of those things. Any any change to this movie, yeah. you change a song, you change the length of a scene, you change the order. Of, and I don't. The, the movie will still be good, but it doesn't hold together. It won't be the right. Uh combination yeah this is one of those things i always say that no good movie is ever too long or too short yeah this is the, a thing that down to when the fucking freeze frame and fade out to credit and, and, and mm. credit roll fade out at the end are all perfectly timed yeah every single thing in this movie lands to maximum effect it is I, I don't even know how to. Nothing how to can change. You, yeah. As you said, you can't change the music. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anybody else? Nope. It wouldn't work. Nope. I don't care who it is. Yeah. Uh, James Taylor? Yeah. Crocus? Yeah. <laughs> James Taylor or Crocus doing the same songs. James Taylor doing Crocus songs. Ooh. Well, no, hold on. Long that right there. Stick goes boom. Deep tracks. Nice. <laughs> That's my knowledge of Crocus. That video, damn. Night Wolf, Night Wolf. No, I, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. You know what, the Crocus fans that are listening to this, uh, that's hilarious. You know what I would love to see for this movie? If I was to make it a comedy. Make a death, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Keep everything exactly the same. Everything exactly the same. Pull the Cat Stevens vocals and replace them with Michael McDonald. I can't even imagine how Michael McDonald God. Yeah. Trevor. <laughs> Trevor. Yeah, no, I I, I don't want to 
yeah. Oh, such a disaster. But this, seriously, it, it's of... Okay, so I showed this to a class years ago. My first year yeah. teaching film history. It's PG, so it's totes okay sure. to do that. Yeah. Show it. The movie ends... Like the, the bell rings for lunch in a mm. room full of seniors, and the movie's not over. Uh, you remember yourself as a senior in high school. I do. In this, in this instance, bell rings to release you like for lunch. Like the Kool-Aid man yeah. through the wall. Boom. No one stood up. Nice. There was like five minutes left in the movie, and they let it play out. Nice. It was fantastic. So. That's good. That. Thank God. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So, shit, is there anything more we could say? I Seriously, I think this might be the record for the amount of time we actually stayed on topic. Good for us. During a show. Despite that little jaunt down Highlander Boulevard. I know, yeah. But hey, sometimes you have to do that. Harold, Maud, and McLeod. And McLeod. This week. Yeah. Oh, man. So, next week, we begin the plural portion of the Criterion Years mm. uh, with... Spine number 627, David Fincher's The Game. This is a movie that I fucking love. I don't care what anyone says. I haven't seen that since the 90s. Same here. Oh, same here. Haven't even. uh, Yeah, yeah. Why would. How weird is it that just the re watching of movies has gone away? Like, I don't understand the point of owning any movies other than the Criterion stuff or like some of the Hitchcock shit. Just say, oh, yeah, I've got a collection of this. Because. There's too many options. There's too much shit you can watch. I mean, it's a lot of options. Talked about when I was a kid when we would rent. You know, you'd get a five day rental of a tape from the tape club. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you'd watch it six times. Yeah, because it's there. Yeah, it's there. What else are you gonna do? Mom and dad ain't gonna rent you a new movie every day. Nope. So you're gonna watch, you know, fucking DC oh. Cab four times. You're gonna- Juanita, where's <laughs> my flamethrower? <laughs> and that's why these things are in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. I rented Blazing Saddles. I've got four days. Yeah. Let's watch it again. Let's watch it every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You will have the decency not to mention this to anyone. Of course. Of course. <laughs> it's fucking bad. And this is one of those that, like, that, what's weird is when, when we hit the age of being able to rent stuff on our own, mm-hmm. there was no more five-day rentals. Everything was due tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I, I walk out of the store. and It's due. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't get to watch it. No. I just let you hold it until you leave the door. Yeah, just you know? take it along with this stack of your other v, uh, VHS tapes yeah. to your lonely apartment with your four billion packets of beer. Yeah. Packets. Packets. Beer packets, yeah, beer you packets. know. Packets. Packets of wow. beer. What are you, Canadian? Yeah. <laughs> Their <laughs> milk the comes in bags. <laughs> bags, sir. Barbaric. All right. We uh, will, watch uh, Harold and Maude. Watch Harold and Maude, and we'll catch you next week for the game. Uh, bye-bye.